The airline studio. And Brooke Warr, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. Oh, great text today. You guys are on fire on Labor Day. Absolutely. Uh, Derek in Spokane wants bodies ranked. Derek, we got you tomorrow. We already have a good one for today, but tomorrow, we got you. Bodies ranked after the body specialist. Well, JD in the 509 says, wait, you can turn Salk's mic up? You should shut it off around 945 every day. Hey, how dare you, JD? That's not very nice. I like the 425. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather see a body specialist, B-A-W-D-Y? Yes, <laughs> that would be better. Somebody's just a little too body for you. All right. Good stuff. Um, as I said, uh, we're going to talk to Justin Topa coming up here in a half hour. Brock, uh, Jerry Kelnick's not ready yet. Uh, he's going to need some time. He's hit the cover off the ball, though, which is great. And since showing up in Tacoma, he's been very, very successful, which is really good news. Obviously, you want to see Kelnick, you know, get back to form as quickly as possible. You want to make sure that he is healthy. Uh, So far, he is five for 12, a run driven in three walks, two runs, a stolen base. Went first to third on a double. I'm getting all this from uh, from Tacoma PR. He's DH twice and he's played 13 innings in the field. So he's kind of been able to do it all, which is great. They're going to head out on the road. He's going to stay with them. I don't think he's back with the Mariners until after this road trip. Mm -hmm. For everyone, I kind of have two points here on, on Kelnick. One. Don't you think for him in particular, more than anybody else, it's worth making absolutely sure that he's 100% ready to go and locked in? Oh, yeah. His negative vibe, you know, it's once it left uh, the clubhouse, his team took off. We're going to come back to that part of it. Hold on. That's the second part of the conversation. That was tongue in cheek, by the way. Well, I think it's an interesting conversation, but we'll come back to Mm. that one. The first one is just for Kelnick in particular. Yeah, he yes, for his mentality, for the way that he is wired and his intensity, yes. And to be honest with you, like the first clip that, that was going around the mm-hmm. other night, his first game, he it looked like he had kind of still a broken leg. He looked like Peter Warwick with the Seahawks. Like, whoa, hold on a second. He is not running easy. And did he slip out of the box? What was that? So and, and you know, a lot of people jumped on that that yeah, he's got to get right. And and for him, the, just the physical nature of the game, right? The power and the strength and mm-hmm. the speed and explosiveness and the workouts and all that stuff gets his mind right so he can go out there and, and perform. So I, I would even go beyond that, though. I agree with everything you just said, but I would even go beyond that, which is if he has a Dylan Moore-like return, remember what happened with Dylan Moore, right? He, he, he went down, he missed spring training, he spent some time in the minors, they called him up as soon as he was ready, and then he went like, what one for his first 25 or something like he just couldn't hit he wasn't ready wasn't in tune he could handle that and he found his way back out of it i don't want to see that from jared kelnick Mm -mm. if he comes up i want him to be ready to go the last thing you want is for kelnick to go through a struggle like that and you're in an inferno of pressure right now i mean 26 games in every one of those abouts this is not april and may and june and getting going and no this is like the crucible right i mean this is it's it's now or never so yeah, you, you want him, right, both for a team and certainly for the way he is wired as well. So all that being said, how badly do you want Jared Kelnick back on this roster right now? Yeah, I, you say that, and Marlowe has certainly slowed, but he has also picked it up in the field. Canzone has started to pick it up. He has added some power to his bat. J.K. does have five hits. They're all singles. You know, so it's not as if he's now he's hitting the alt ball pretty hard. I think all five of those are above 90 exit velo. So, you know, he is hitting the ball hard. 
Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not like clamoring for it until he's right. To your point, well, I don't sure. want to. I mean, I mean, and I, how do I you know? And how do you either. really know when you're right? I don't know, but it's. I mean, some what point, he's seeing Brock, at Triple A Tacoma I, is I, not what he's going to see. No. Certainly, you know, when, when you're facing I, the Rays, I, I think and, for the people that believed his injury was the spark this team needed. I think now you need his offense. And Marlowe, while I love what he did, certainly when he came up, you caught him in one of those hot streaks that DePoto told us he has. Great. I like the player. Do you I'm not, not think he's giving down. you quality at bats? I'm still seeing a bunch of quality. I at-bats. don't think his at bats are of the quality that we saw from Kelnick for most of this year. No, mm. I do not think that anymore. Mm. He is. There's a lot more swing and miss. There's been a lot more swing in its pitches outside the zone. There have been a lot more strikeouts here in the last week or two. No, he, he may turn swing and miss from Jared, by the way. I know, but it's April was amazing. May and June started to dip. It's come with so many good at bats, Brock, and the power that he has. And as good as I mean, I think both of them play the field really well, by mm. the way. Bringing back Kelnick to me does not end the Cade Marlowe time in the big leagues. To me, it's probably Sam Haggerty who mm-hmm. gets sent back down at that point if there's not an injury somewhere else. So yep. I, I don't know that it's a it's an issue there. Here's I the just, one, I'd yeah, like to see well, Kelnick's back back into this lineup. Here's, as as here's one thing that I would have thought, like my eye would have thought, okay, um, get him back on this road trip. Like psychologically speaking, I think it'd be even easier to go out on the road, not play at home. You know, a little bit of more pressure and everything else, just like free up and play mm-hmm. on the road. And I would have guessed, and I would have been wrong. I would have guessed and said, where are his splits better this season? Mm. Homer Road. And I, w- I would have guessed, and maybe just because it's so marred or skewed and biased by the Cubs series where he hit bomb after bomb right. after bomb. But his home in a way splits, I mean, they're nearly identical. <laughs> it is fascinating. 762 OPS at home. 766 on the road, <laughs> right? 258 home average, actually 246 out on the road. Struck out 59 times at home, struck out 59 times on the road. He's hit seven of his 11 home runs out on the road, and that Chicago series is a big part of it. So this is not like a, a home road deal. And if anything, he's just as well at home as he has out on the road. Most importantly, they've got to make a judgment, and it's not easy, Salk. Because that guy's chomping at the bit to get back in and compete. But they have got to make adjustment, a, a, a decision versus AAA pitching <laughs> and competency of when his game is ready for this. Ready for this fire. Right? After you got Cincy and Tampa, you have you do have in the final, I guess, 23-1 set against Oakland. But then it's Texas. It's yep. Houston. It's Texas. It's the Dodgers. It is big boy baseball, big boy pitchers, big boy moments, and making sure that that guy's well, mind. And the is nice absolutely thing is, right. you, you bring Jared Kelnick back to this roster into this lineup now. He's not hitting in the top three or four the way he was earlier this year. You're probably sticking him near the bottom of the lineup, taking a little of the pressure off of him, allowing him to have some of that pop down there at the bottom, mm-hmm. and you know they they it gives them just so many more options. So. Plus, you bring his base running. Plus, you bring his defense, which has been Will absolutely excellent. Will he be excellent. a shot in the arm to the clubhouse? When, I, he, I, when he returns, do you think the Cal Raleigh's and the Logan Gilbert's and the A. Eugenio's and the Julio's, do you think it is a shot in the arm to that clubhouse? I, I don't think it's a negative whatsoever. 
Or is it just kind of like, okay, good. Now we get another competent piece as our bodies are worn down yeah, as we're 100. I, I think it's probably somewhere in between those two. I, I mean, it's not like, you know, if you were getting Julio back and it's like, okay, we got our guy. This is what we needed. I don't think anyone's sitting or there JP, going. Or JP right. or Eugenio. It's, not, or, that. it's no. not that. But I don't think it's certainly not negative, And I think it's probably something beyond just, hey, all right, fine. I mean, I. I think we're kind of sleeping on how much he helped them and carried them in the first few months of the season. Mm -hmm. Why were they 500 during the time where nobody was hitting? Part of the reason is because Jared was hitting and and he and and Crawford essentially carried them offensively for Mm -hmm. the first few months of the season. Do you think he's listened to some of this stuff on the outside? Do you think he's listened to, hey, this team got hot? Once he exited stage, right? I you think there's not. going to be a little extra chip on his shoulder when he comes back in? To I don't say, think he needs any more chip on his shoulder. <laughs> I feel like his shoulder has a big enough chip. There's no need for it to get any larger than it already is. What do you think? I think he's got boulders for shoulders, so it doesn't matter if there's a chip on it or not. <laughs> so that's what I think. <laughs> you go see a body specialist for yes. that. I'm sure you can get that uh, chip taken right off your shoulder. All right, I promise we will rank bodies tomorrow as we get uh, get our bodies hit the floor. That will definitely be the on floor. the list. I promise it will be. All right, coming up, let's give you everything you need to know, and then Mariners reliever Justin Topa. Maybe he's one of those nominees for the Good Guy Award, and he will join us coming up in 20. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, it's really too bad. You'd like to see the Mariners win a series in New York against a Mets team that had given up long ago. But you know what? They still got some dudes on that team. And all of them played pretty darn well. Lindor was still a really good player and he showed it. This DJ Stewart is just on fire. He's like 400 pounds, and he's laying out, making plays all over the outfield. And they made more plays, certainly, than the Mariners did as they lose two out of three games. Over the weekend, they had some issues and certainly made some mistakes. And according to Scott Service, they paid dearly for all of them. Uh, in this series, yeah, we, we have made a few mistakes. And the mistakes didn't end up as singles or doubles. They ended up over the fence. And, you know, they have power. Um, this ballpark we don't play here a lot but when we do the ball does get out of this park rather easily much easier than our park Uh, but that's no excuses they put the put good wood on it and then made us pay yeah the number of times sulky we have asked players jerry scott over the last month or so what is clean baseball what what, how did august happen and they all point to that clean baseball is not giving up any extra outs there's 27 Mm -hmm. of them and when you get picked off like Cabby did, you have a critical error like Rojas did. You, you know, those things that they really didn't have much in, in August, or if they did, then the offense just went berserk and compensated for it, Julio and Teo in particular. But that wasn't the case. It was fun when the Mets took a series from the Rangers. We all looked at far and went, yeah, that away. It wasn't as fun when the Mets took the series from the Mariners this weekend. Yeah, what's up with that? Stop doing that. Speaking of the Rangers, they finally did get a win yesterday. Uh, Adolis Garcia hit a home run in the ninth inning to beat the Twins. You see him pimp that sucker, by the way? I don't even think pimping is the word. I think that almost felt like relief. Like, oh, my God, I've been struggling. The team's been struggling. Oh, there's like, no doubt. That was a release valve. That was a one of you. It felt like. He nearly ripped his jersey off before he got out of the batter's box. <laughs> that was a lot. Not <laughs> yes. going to uh, Toronto uh, got a win yesterday as well. Whit, Mer- Whit Merrifield had a big hit for them. And then uh, Astros lose. They got swept at home by the Yankees. 
Like, how do you how do you yeah. try to figure out what's going to happen next in this race? It's going to be twenty six to go, man. Very interesting last three or four weeks of this season. Jared Kelnick, we just talked about pretty good weekend in Tacoma. Appears to be pretty healthy, so uh, he's going to need some at bats before he returns. Congratulations to Julio and Andres Munoz. They were named AL Player of the Month and Reliever of the Month for their Augusts, respectively. Cincinnati series starts today, one o'clock start. Uh, Brian Wu will get the ball. No Luis Castillo, unfortunately, going against his own team. I was sort of looking forward to that. Here's the second thing you need to well, know. We're on the verge of starting this NFL season. The season gets underway Thursday. Seahawks, of course, start on Sunday. On the injury front, they've got some question marks. Guys like Cam Young, Devin Witherspoon, Daryl Taylor, Derek Hall, all curious to see whether those guys can go this week or not. Of course, on the other side of it, doesn't sound like the Rams are going to have Cooper Cup available to them, so that's probably good news. Look, this kind of comes down to whether or not the Seahawks can stop the run. And Jaron Reed asked about that last week, says they're going to be better than last year. Everything starts up front. You know, so uh, if you're 30th running defense, um, they're going to blame the front. And uh, I can guarantee it's not going to happen this year. Um, we're not going for that. We're playing hard. We're practicing hard. Um, we're very confident. We are being arrogant. And that just shows to the work that we're putting in. Um, and all we have to do is go out there and play every week. And uh, we want to be a dominant defense, but it's going to start with practice, and it's going to carry over to the game on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, whatever day that may be. Hmm. He guarantees it. He guarantees it. I think I would bet on that guarantee. They're not going to be 30th or 31st or 32nd. But will they be 20th? Will they be 15th? Can they be in the teens? If this run defense, as I said last week, KJ is in the teens, you're talking about closing the gap, if not taking over that gap with San Francisco, who, you know, the Rams have some issues. Arizona's a total dumpster Mm -hmm. fire, and Mr. Bosa still has not showed up for practice in day number one at the start of the regular season. I kind of like that sound from Aaron Reed. I, I kind of like the way he said it. I kind of like the attitude. I and when like he what says he's it, doing. if LJ Collier said it, or Quentin Jefferson said yeah. it, or Puna said it, or even Al Wood said it Get a year ago, doesn't work quite Jerry as well. says it. He's been around. He kind of knows what that means, and he's got some of the gravitas to say it in that locker room. Good for him, and let's hope he's right. Here's the third thing you need to know. Crazy start to the college football weekend locally. The teams win. Penix was ridiculous. Threw for 450 uh, as they just destroyed Boise State. 56-19. Just lots of those lopsided scores this weekend as a lot of the teams were playing non-premier schools. But in the big games, man, were they entertaining. Colorado beats number 17 TCU. 45-42. Dion's kid, Shadur Sanders, throws for 510 yards. And then last night, Brock, how about Florida State beating LSU? Great game. ACC, North Carolina beats South Carolina. The SEC is so top-heavy. A lot of lot of teams in depth-wise, not, not as good as they've been in the past. And the Pac-12 had the best opening weekend of any conference, bar none, not even a question. 12-0, throw in a win of USC the week before, 13-0 to jumpstart this college football season. So much hype around these QBs. You mentioned Shadur. There's Penix, there's Bo Nix, there's Cam Ward, there's Jaden DeLora. I mean, just time and again, oh, by the way, Utah beat Florida, another SEC school on Thursday night as well. It could not have gone any better for a conference that's going to fall off the face of the earth in January. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know, quarter past every hour. Here on the Brock and Salk Show, we're going to talk to Justin Topa coming up in 10 minutes before uh, they take on Cincinnati today. That Cincinnati team is interesting. I mean, they, they, they are around 500. They're feisty. They're fun. They're young. They run around. They're building something there 
I think they're better than some of the other feisty teams we've seen recently, mm-hmm. like Oakland, who was a little feistier this time around, and, and certainly Kansas City that showed all kinds of feist. But, uh, you know, they still have some pitching woes. They still have some issues. There's a reason they're 500 and not one of the best teams in the National League. Yeah, going to be about 88 and I think 50% humidity. So it's going to be a little toasty in that band box. First pitch at 1 o'clock. I actually kind of like this matchup. I kind of like the way that this sets out here in September. right? Unlike the Mets, who have guys that are, are playing for their careers. Alonzo is going to be a free agent. Lindor is a proven pro. Like, those teams that are just so dangerous that still have weapons and then the rest of the guys are absolutely letting it rip and cutting it loose. You have a Cincinnati that is playing under the playoff pressures that you are. Yep. And they've not been there. And they're even younger than you are. So without the pitching that you have. So go win this series. Right? Just go. Th- this whole road trip, by the way, this is it four in Tampa? Yep. I think it is four in it Tampa, is. right? Yep. So it's 10. Just go five and five on this road trip. Just go five and five. And that would be, to me, more than a winning road trip. Take two or three here, even it up, go split down in Tampa, mm-hmm. and you will be right there with 20 games to go. Uh, I'd love you to know, see or less. if they could find a way to just kind of get some rest. I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, like, I mean, they're playing every day, but I just looking at this team right now, the one concern I have, they just look a little bit tired. Mm. Bullpen looks a little bit tired. I thought some of the bats looked a little tired yesterday. You know, they Again, like to say in the NBA, Salk, and you don't ever really hear this in baseball. I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but you, you're saying it brings me to an NBA thought, which is always, you know, you got to get your rest, man. You right. go on these spurts. Teams go on runs, right? What happens in, in college basketball and in, in the NBA basketball? Like you make this run to come all the way back. Yep. You expend all of this energy as the Mariners did to have the most exto- historic month. I don't think it's peaking early. But you want to talk about energy being expense, and all of these guys have in the bullpen, the starters, right? There's no Marco, there's no Robbie Ray, there's, you know, there've been some fill-ins and guys have done some nice jobs, you know. But man, it is uh, they expended a lot of energy to get where they are now. Mm-hmm. Is there enough left to get to the yeah, finish line? And I think you're seeing it, right? I, the one thing we both noticed yesterday was a lot of those swings and misses inside the strike zone. It's one thing to go swinging, chasing. We've seen this team do that over the course of the year. But I haven't seen as many swings and misses inside the strike zone with a variety of different pitchers yesterday. So mm-hmm. that just made me wonder if they're a little tired. Hopefully you get to Cincinnati early, get a little rest, and uh, find a way to revitalize yourself because I think they're going to need it here for what should be an unbelievable final four weeks of this season. Justin Topa has been one of the main reasons this bullpen was able to deal Paul Sewald. He has absolutely had a breakout season for the Mariners this year, and he will join us coming up next on Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, I've been looking forward to this as the uh, Mariners have run off, as we know, such a great August and now head to... Cincinnati looking to take on the Reds here in the first of three later this afternoon. Justin Topo, one of the great reasons for their success this year, taking a few minutes to join us right now. Justin, good morning. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Yeah, of course. No problem. Thanks for having me on. How about, uh, how about pitching in New York? I know you got a lot of family in the Northeast. What was, uh, what was it like on Saturday pitching in front of them? Yeah, it was awesome. Obviously, like you said, I had a bunch of family and friends in town and, you know, 25, 30 people throughout the weekend. So it was, it was pretty special. Um, you know, obviously there's ties to, to the Mets organization. I was the bat boy for the doubling Mets there for in Binghamton for a few years. So, uh, it was pretty cool to, uh, pitch against the, you know, the team that I went to a lot of minor league games and, you know, being around the organization for a little bit, but yeah, just special, you know, being back in New York and, uh, 
uh, having family and friends there. You say obviously. I, I'm not sure I knew Did that I was hear part that of right? your story. Did I hear that right? You I, I didn't see that in the bio. Oh, of course you were. <laughs> uh, when were you the bat boy? <laughs> uh, I was from age 13 to about age 16. Um, I was there for a few years when, uh, you know, like David Wright and Jose Reyes, guys like that came through the system. Uh, it's, it's funny that, you know, I, I, once in a while I'll come across uh, a guy that played in Binghamton and I'll give him the old, hey, I don't want to make you feel old, but, <laughs> but uh, I was your bat boy, um, you know, when you came through. So, yes, yeah, so I did that for a few years. Um, still, you know, keep in touch with a few guys that actually played uh, during that time span. So it's, it was uh, pretty cool. I know how my buddy Waltier became a bat boy for the Mariners at about that same age. Uh, how did how did that happen? How did that connection happen? And, you know, we can joke about it, but how, how formative was that for you during those teenage years to watch that level of baseball? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty um, – actually, it was very, like, not formal for the, the fact of how I got started. Uh, my dad just happened to meet the, the GM at the time, uh, Bill Trelecki, was, was there in Binghamton, a great guy. He um, – my him and my dad got, got talking one day, and then the next thing you knew, I was I was in the dugout for a few games before uh, – you know, before I was 13 was the, the full-time age, I guess you could call it, that you could do it uh, for the majority of the season. So did that um, – you know, like I said, for a few years, but yeah, like you said, just getting, you know, you know, being able to be in that situation and being around the guys and having that environment growing up, uh, kind of in the clubhouse at an early age was, was awesome. And, you know, it, it helped me with my development, was able to learn a lot, um, just from, you know, observing guys and guys work ethics at that point. Um, so yeah, you know, I knew I wanted to play college baseball. Uh, you know, there's aspirations to play professional baseball, but, you know, having that, those three, four years being around those guys it definitely helped uh, in that development. It's weird that you haven't played for the Mets, honestly, because the Mariners have <laughs> so many, it feels like over the years, they have found players, especially pitchers who have had their issues playing with the Mets, come here and found it, whether it was Paul Seawald or even back to Jason Vargas back in the day. But just looking through mm-hmm. your your story and, and how you got to where you are today, you know, you're drafted in the 33rd round, you're drafted in the 17th round, you're released by the Pirates, released by the Rangers, go to the Brewers, finally traded here. It, it must feel like like all of a sudden your entire career changed this season. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, part of my story has been, been health health over the past couple of years, uh, you know, just trying to stay healthy. But, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, being here is kind of, you know, giving me an opportunity to, to really show that, you know, one, I'm healthy and, and two, you know, I can uh, go out there and, and help the team win every night. So it's been, uh, it's been awesome being over here, you know, have nothing but good things to say about the organization and the staff over here. It's, you know, it's definitely helped uh, as an easy transition getting traded over here in spring training, um, you know, knowing a few of the guys coming into camp, but, but yeah, this year is definitely uh, kind of catapulted things and, and uh, we're just having fun here. <laughs> I'm going to guess because of some of those other spots and just connections you have with guys over the years that maybe one or two have pinged you this year and said, what is it about that place, man? Just year after year after year, the Mariners have developed pitchers, have found ways to get the very, very best. Um, Justin, especially out of bullpen guys over over the run Mm -hmm. here with Scott and Jerry and and when people from the outside kind of ping you and say, man, how is it? How, how has the development been so good there for so many years? What's your answer to that? Yeah, I think it's just uh, almost like a simplistic, uh, you know, way that they go about things. Um, you know, starting early in camp, 
you know, we had our, our pitcher meetings and it was kind of like, Hey, you know, here's what you do really well. Um, you know, this is what your strengths are. So, you know, this is what we want to attack. And from that point forward, it's kind of been, um, you know, relatively, relatively simple in the fact of, you know, we're going to tackle our best stuff and best stuff. And if we get beat, you know, we get beat and, you know, you tip your cap and, um, you know, you, you go after the next pitch, but yeah, I think for me, it's really just been, you know, being healthy one, obviously, like I said, but, um, you know, guys coming in here, it's like you get that affirmation of this is what you do really well. And, uh, you know, you, you see all the analytics and stuff in baseball now and to be able to simplify all those numbers and all those scouting reports and everything, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. Well, I'm curious if they told what, what they told you you did best and then maybe if it was the same thing you thought you did best. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, there was, there was obviously some, some overlap there, but I think for me, especially it was, was learning the cutter this year. Um, you know, trying to get something that was off of my sinker and my slider, you know, both can be pretty big at times. So trying to find a middle point with that, with the cutter, um, and then throwing my change up more, uh, metrically, you know, from, you know, number standpoint, it's, it's pretty good. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what they sat down and, and, you know, how we wanted to attack lefties this year, um, was throwing that more and, Obviously, like I said, with the cutter, it kind of helped separate things a little bit. Uh, so I wasn't really a, you know, a two-dimensional guy that I've been in the past uh, with the with the sinker slider. So you know, being able to feature those those two other ones, especially like I said against lefties, has been huge to you know be slotted in different spots in the in the uh, lineup. Certainly been a consistent message with many of the pitchers when we've asked them that question. It's just simple. Throw strike one and then play to your strengths. So it leads me to believe or, or wonder, do other organizations not do that? Is that not at the <laughs> forefront when you've been to other places of, of their teaching and their development game? I mean, obviously every organization has different philosophies. Um, you know, you kind of, as you, you progress in, in your career, that I've noticed that you know, you put a lot of external pressure on, on yourself um, and you kind of get away from the, uh, the, the obvious things, right. You know, getting, you know, a first pitch strike and, you know, trying to stay ahead in the count and, and making good pitches and, you know, things can snowball at times. And I think that, you know, I'm definitely a, a culprit of that in the past, um, you know, getting behind guys. The next thing you know, you have to bank a pitch and you, you miss your spot by a little bit. You think it's a good pitch, but you know, it gets, it gets hit. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, here it's just been so simplistic in the in the thought process, and um, you know we just attack when we attack, and, and uh, more often than not, it's been successful. Talking to Justin Topa here on Seattle Sports, how did your life change about a month ago when you guys all found out that Paul had been traded? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously Paul's Paul was a big uh, big part of the bullpen, and um, you know he, he's a great guy. You know, his family is great. Uh, we got really close here over the past couple of months and, um, you know, the group of us down there definitely missing, but, you know, at the same time, it's been a great opportunity for everybody else. Right. You know, at, at the beginning part of there, you know, we knew that once it got to the ninth, it was Paul's time. <laughs> um, but so now, you know, now that Paul, uh, Paul's in Arizona and, um, you know, seeing everybody else get, you know, thrown into situations that we might not be comfortable in, um, you know, whether it be pitching eighth, ninth, 10th inning, you know, those leverage innings that, um, you know, might have been Paul's spot there for a little bit. Um, you know, it's been awesome just to see everybody get the opportunity and, and have success. How's the body feel? Twenty six games to go, one hundred thirty six in. <laughs> no, it, it feels good. Um, you know, like I said, my my thing has been been health over the years, and, and uh, you know, even with that being hurt, 
uh, it's been it's giving me a lot of time to figure out my body and, and figure out what I need from a recovery standpoint and, and keep things going. And I think that you know everybody here does a great job from the uh, you know medical staff and training staff and training conditioning staff that um, you know it's everybody's on top of everything and, and I think overall everybody's feeling pretty good and, and ready to go down the stretch. All right, here's the important question I've been waiting to ask you: You sit out there nine innings most days with Taylor Sacedo. What's that? What's he like over the course of nine innings in the pen? Uh, you never know what's coming out of his mouth. Um, yeah, he's, he has fun down there, and it's it's funny. I think you know the majority of the time we're laughing. Uh, it's it's from something that he said or a story that he uh, he has. He, uh, he's explaining, and it's funny that it seems like any time he gets down there, he has a different story from something that happened to him. You know, whether it be walking to breakfast or. Or, or what what have you? Are but, they all true? No, we. I mean, from what I've heard, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> always joke that we need to put like a GoPro on them just to get some confirmation um, on some of these things. But <laughs> but no, he, he definitely keeps it loose down there, and uh, you know, just as a group down there, it's it's been fun. Uh, you know, we kind of we all uh, we all have blended very well, and obviously, when guys step in, you know, like like getting Luke Weaver and um, Don Leon, you know, the past week or so with those guys has been awesome, and their experience down there has been uh, very instrumental in, in the success we've had recently. If you want a, a good conversation starter with him today, maybe where he doesn't lead the conversation, Justin, ask a sauce about the Puyallup Fair. Say, hey, hey, man, do you ever, uh, Spanaway kid, you, you ever hit the Puyallup Fair growing up? And it might just get a diatribe like you've, yeah, the Puyallup Fair. You, he might have stories okay. for, for days on that one. Hey, last thing for me, give us a little scouting report of the team you're going to face today, this Reds team over the next three in a band box that they get to play in. Uh, from your perspective, what uh, what is the plan of attack against a, a Reds team that's in a playoff hunt, much like you guys? Yeah, no, definitely a good team over there, um, you know, they they're young they're they're aggressive they're you know they're wanting to prove that that they're uh you know they're making a push there in the central um you know they got from top to bottom one through nine you know everybody can swing it and they got a good pitching staff i know that they're battling a little bit of injuries right now but um i think for us it's just sticking to our game and you know from a pitching standpoint is getting strike one and, and attacking them and you know going out there with our strengths and and from uh from an offensive defense standpoint, it's just, just trying you know, keep things rolling. Obviously, we went through a stretch there where everything is clicking in, in August. So we're, uh, you know, we're not far from that. And, you know, obviously the last couple of games in New York, um, you know, didn't go our way, you know, with the series, you know, losing the series there. But um, I think that we're in a good spot to, to really make an impact this series and, and get things back on track. You know, your pocket for the Scott's always telling us about pockets, you know, your pocket for Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, not yet. We'll find out here in uh, in a couple hours when we have our reliever meetings. But I uh, kind of have an idea, obviously, going into it. Faced a, a handful of guys um, in that lineup before, obviously, playing in the Central when I was with the Brewers. But, uh, yeah, just trying to uh, go out there in, in any situation and, and make good pitches and uh, and try to put up a zero. Well, I hear it's a pitcher's paradise there in Cincinnati. <laughs> Truly one of the great places to pitch, what with the ball flying out of there left and right. But, hey, Justin, we really appreciate it, and, and thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. It's interesting, especially to hear you talk about Seawald being traded and some of the closeness that you guys had. I I think you're, I'm probably not alone in, in seeing that you remind me of, of Paul, both on the mound and sort of personality-wise. So it's been really great to watch the development this year. Thank you so much and uh, continued success. 
Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, there you go. They're Justin Topa, Mariners reliever. And I mean that. I, he, of all the guys in that, and maybe, you know, they have to sort of share a look, but mm-hmm. just their stuff is a little different. They don't throw the same pitches, mm-hmm. but similar command, similar ability to just get guys out when it really matters. And I I don't know whether he strikes out enough people to turn into the next Paul Seawald. I mean, Seawald was an elite strikeout Swing guy, even guy. though he didn't look like it. Yep. Topa gets guys out with ground balls and the sinker and slider, et cetera. But, man, I, I really enjoy I think he has been an incredibly important piece for them this well, year. I think like a bunch of these dudes, they don't flinch. Even with Munoz, when he's struggling or people are wrong, you don't you don't see it in his body language. Brash, you don't really see it in his body language. You never saw it with Paul. You don't see it with Topa, mm. right? Sauceda will give you a little something. The facial expressions he'll let he'll let you know whether he's pleased or not. Uh, Spire's pretty fiery, but Brash was pretty fiery after he gave up the long was, out the other day. I mean, like no, no, there'll be emotion, yeah. but, but if it's going poorly, you don't see their body language. It doesn't ever seem like the game speeds up. True on him or with Seawald, and that is a strength and hopefully one that comes to light here in the month of September. All right, well, good stuff. They're going to uh, play 1 o'clock today, so sort of a short version of Bump and Stacy leading into the pregame show at noon and then Mariner Baseball starting at 1 o'clock. We get to finish off our show, as we do every day, with some ranking. We have 15 seconds still. <laughs> I, I don't have 15 seconds. Play the music. Just go ahead and start it. Play the start music. Playing. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, Laura's getting harder on me, by the way. I feel like I feel like she's getting more and more. Did she ever take it out on Justin the same way? Are you going to say that you did not need to be reined in with the pilot light bit? Brock was telling me to do it. You know what it is? It's just more empowered. I think that's what it is. You know who who she's becoming, Justin? Huh? No? Did you see that brawl outside of the Pirates Stadium at the Morgan Wallen concert? concert? Which yeah. One, what did, which one are you? Mar? The romper stomper? Yeah. You've become the romper stomper on Salk's head. Have you seen the Romper Stomper, Salt? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You don't know about the Romper Stomper? I don't. It's the legend oh. growing and sweeping the nation. you got to look it up. Oh, I'm sure. Just Google sure the Romper, just Google the romper Stomper. Okay. Trying to fight this girl's mom at a concert, and she drug her into a porta potty. Wow. Yep. And then another girl tried to intervene. Oh, the daughter the comes out and drags them like, uh, practically right. both out by their hair yeah. and throws them around. Well, That's you didn't know there were moms body. and daughters involved in that. Yeah, I guess I didn't care. I just sort of moved Brock, on. I was doing it. At, you told me to. I know. All right, we got to get to ranking. We don't have enough yeah. time. Uh, Brock, you wanted us to rank something involving Dion. Prime time, of course. And sure. So primes wasn't going to work. But time, time does. So here you go. Time ranked. And Brock, I'll start off with one just for you. Thank you. Wow. I know you love it. Oh, Molly and I Never mind. Good times. Indian college. This is your song with your wife? Sure. I don't know what to make of that, but okay. There you go. There's some. We know your number one immediately is just tub time. So, Brian, just get that. We just get it out there. Tub time number one. Do you listen to Enya during tub time? I used to. Yeah, I used to. Bring it back. We got some sticks. They still play. 
Huh? Every, I'm sure they still play, right? Sticks? Yeah. Well, they they had to stop because Dennis DeYoung wanted to make like weird oh. think piece oh. tour. Yeah, and so everybody else was like, yeah, we're out of here. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't going to work. I guess they don't. You got peanut butter jelly time, Brock. I know you love that. You got time from Pink Floyd, times like these from the Foo Fighters, time is running out from Muse. Uh, Green Day, of course, has uh, the time of your life. I know you know that one, Brock. That I one's do. big for you. That's right. I hope you had the time, time of your life. Yeah, I'm just going to get that in there. Uh-huh. Let me make sure I get some Cindy Lauper in here. Time after time, you yeah. will. There you go. I know, Justin, you thought it was a top and five. And I'll catch you, I will. Waiting. Let me get some anthrax in there. Digging in my head. It's quick. That's got the time. Yes. Brock, if that was a little too much for you, we can go to the 60s, to the Outsiders. All right, there you go. Okay. So got Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing, Winning Time. You're whole- not going to play that? Oh, did you need me to? I kind of like that song. You really needed that one? I do. All right. Let me play this one first, and I'll play it for you. This one was just for Mora. I know how much she loves Cher, yeah. so I wanted to make sure we got a little Cher in there. If I could away. I don't, I don't hate Cher. I, like I hate the auto-tuned. You know what? Time do out, you believe in time out. More, on time That out. song's fine. Time out. <laughs> Mora, you got some Cher in your game. Thank you. Uh, mm -hmm. Eighth grade, Aylin Junior High, slideshow. Getting ready for high school. Text from five hundred nine. The saying sticks is at the Washington State Fair, which I don't know what that is. That's on the twenty first of September. Ah, son of a gun. Salt. They're still performing. Well, I want to know who's in sticks at this point. <laughs> Whether or not Tommy Shaw or anybody else is willing to hang out with Dennis DeYoung. No time to die. The bomb. You got uh, time standstill from Rush. Time of our lives from Pitbull. What about Jeremy Showtime McGrath? Ah, uh, oh, yes. We had that for shows. I think ranked. Probably. <laughs> you got the Chambers Brothers, Brock. That's Time Has Come Today mm. from the Chambers Brothers. Mm. Good Times, Bad Times, Led Zeppelin. Time for Me to Fly, Aria Speedwagon, Borrowed Time, Diamond Head. Nothing But a Good Time, Poison. Time from Hootie and the Blowfish. Nothing but a good time. That's true. That's time poison, right? Time Me by Hall & Oates, that was. Okay. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Andy Williams. Last Time in Paris, Queensryche. The Last Time the Rolling Stones. Jeez. Yeah, so there's really Something a lot wild. on this uh, particular. What about uh, 425? I hope a certain wine. Makes the list. Salk. Oh, passing time. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. Sheesh. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah, top ca- top hundred cab in the world. Really? In the world? In the whole world. So got Huey Lewis. In fact, Peter King wrote about passing time in his Monday morning quarterback. Did he really? Uh, yes, Dang. he did. Oh my gosh, that's big time. Fast times at Richmond, huh? Thank you. Where were you on that one? That was I have it written down. Okay. Waiting to see if you love sports or not. <laughs> what is that? It's a movie. About a linebacker named Jefferson. <laughs> is that really what it's about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number five, Morris Day and The Times. 
That was number five, Brock. Morris Day on Yes. No. Yes. Cindy Lauper. No. Yeah, way ahead no of Cindy Lauper. Yes. Morris Day in the time. Absolutely. That's a low right. five. You either know or you know. Is Charles Dickens on this list? I ain't giving you a high Dickens? five. That's a Best low five. Time. Best times, worst of times? Yeah. No. But Time Magazine. Time Magazine didn't make the list. Doesn't, wow. Doesn't make the cut. Big time. No, not when you got number four, Hot Tub Time Machine. First love. One that got away. Never seen White, White Buffalo. Great White Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> Should I see it? It's good low hanging fruit. I don't think you're gonna like it. But okay. man, is it funny? Yeah. <laughs> I love hot tub time machine. Brock, are you a FaceTime guy? Uh yes and no. Just with the kids, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Not a big fan of people on FaceTime walking the streets, you know, bumping in you, just have to FaceTime. Don't love that. Right. Okay. But at home? Like as a way of like Yeah, talking to Macy and Haley right. and sure. Yeah. Pretty good mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Number three. I mean, Britney, when she first showed up, just the whole Britney thing. That changed a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Game changer at the time. Yep. I think mm-hmm. you got to give her credit. Britney was like a 10 year thing. Right. Yes. But especially <laughs> how, jelly, how jelly is she of Swifty, you think? Well, I mean, she's lost her mind, so I don't even think she can be jealous. Like, she's. She's oh she's jelly. She's not really. She might, I don't trying, think it's that. She Brock. might be trying to warn her. She's not very present. Uh, yeah. Oh really? Things, yeah. yeah. Things have taken a weird, unfortunate. I want to oh, say weird. She's I don't not want to characterize her that way, but things have that's changed. It's pretty rough. Yeah. It's oh. not where you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone through a rough time. What number was that? That was number three. Okay. Number two, Brock. Justin, I'm sure you know where we're going here with number two. Got to be on here. Feels like the This is, bro. I feel like I should. Well, that's Foreigner right there. Should know it's, uh, time for you to know who Foreigner is. <laughs> number Shame one. On me. The, Shame on me. The number one, Brock. Do you even like sports? And the pitch to Junior on the way. Swing and a fly ball into deep right center field. That baby is going to be fly away. The old time religion lives. Number one, uh, the old time religion win lives. Excuse me. Oh, try it again. Try it again. The old time religion lives. No, Tina, the number one was what? We're done here the for today. Old time religion lives. We're all done for today. I think we've Are we have time. Sanchez <laughs> on uh, Thursday, it's by the way, seven thirty. It is confirmed. Might be some Mark Sanchez. Time. What time? When? Uh, what time? Seven thirty. Thursday. Thursday. All right. What a day. What a okay. day. Jeff Passon tomorrow. KJ on Wednesday. Jerry on Thursday. Sanchez on Thursday. <laughs> Jonathan Gannon's going to join us on Friday. Light that fire time. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Have a great rest of your Labor Day. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Until then, the hay. Barn. It's in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!